Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we are visited by Caroline Bluebaugh, who is obviously a singer-songwriter, voice of an angel, I tell you. Um, I'm so happy to radiate harmony today. I know this is a little bit off of the beaten track, not exactly wellness, but I do believe that music and harmony are very healing for the soul. Music reaches out to us, uh, connects us to emotions, connects us right to the moment of something um, pivotal that may have happened to us. We associate these things with the songs we hear and the music that we listen to. So I'm really excited to have our first musician on the this podcast and excited to bring that to you. And, and really happy to have you here, Caroline. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Fantastic. Now, you're friends with Shelly State. Yes. Who is episode eight on the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Yes. She's awesome. Yes. Shelly is a longtime uh, family friend of Caroline's family, and she wrote, I've got a pole you can climb, so hear all about it in episode eight of this very podcast on YouTube, on, whoop, we're going to scoot this forward, <laughs> on anywhere you get your podcasts, actually. So welcome, Caroline. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Yay. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. So obviously you're a singer-songwriter. Yes. Um, and I understand you just graduated not too long ago from Shawnee Mission East. Yes. And uh, are at KU. Yep. Kansas University. Freshman. Fantastic. What's your major? Do you know? Um, I'm double majoring in psychology and business right now. Really? Yes. Interesting. Well, I can see where you could put some of that to work in your music. For sure. For For sure. sure. (laughs) So how long have you been doing this music? Um, So, like, legitimately since senior year so last year but Mm -hmm. music has always been super important to me since I was three (laughs) I mean it's always just um kind of been there in the works for me and like my um so my family was very very musically inclined my grandmother played the violin um piano and she heavily like in um I guess, you, you know, um, helped me, like, listen to music and find music mm-hmm. and would always take us to the symphony. Um, really? Yep. So I grew up and um, went to the symphony, loved it, and um, the same influence coming from my dad, but from a different genre. So mm-hmm. he would 
always uh, he played guitar and so he was the one who actually taught me the basics of guitar good yes when I was yeah. 11 really 11 mm-hmm. that's pretty young yeah but then I like kind of got past his level and start, started to teach myself and started um, kind of finding myself in the guitar nice. rather than him teaching me stuff. But, yeah. yeah. Did you ever dabble in other instruments as well? I did. I actually learned six, technically. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, still couldn't play all of them, but my um, when I was little, I really, really wanted to play the drums. That was my dream. Like, I did not want to do anything else in the world except for play the drums. I still kind of do secretly. But <laughs> my dad said that the only way he would pay... For drum lessons is if I learned two solo instruments. So then I learned six. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I started off with the harmonica um, for one year, and then I dabbled in the violin, um, clarinet, saxophone, a little bit of piano, and then, of course, I was rooted in the guitar. And, right. Um, there's a lot of rhythm and guitar, and I think that's why I loved it so much. And Right. Um, I did like all these melodic instruments and finding a voice, but I think that the guitar is one of the most versatile in rhythm and melody. Oh, absolutely. It's supportable, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's better than a saxophone sometimes. Right. (laughs) Or a drum kit. Or a drum kit. That's true. Right. So portable. And um, that's that's quite a few instruments. Did you have teachers along the way? Yeah. So um, the harmonica I took at this local music um, shop called the Tune Shop. I remember the Tune Shop in Prairie Village. Yep. Yeah. Down in the basement, you go down, and mm-hmm. I'd see uh, was Harv or something. He was this Probably. big old, like, burly man with a beard. And he <laughs> <laughs> would sit down there just playing old Susanna on the harmonica. Oh, my gosh. And um, then I joined my school's, like, we had strings is what we called it. Sure. It was not orchestra. Okay. It was just violin, cello, and uh, viola, yeah, the other one. Right, right. So, and so you played with that. Played with that for mm-hmm. one year. Decided, I was like, no. Mm-hmm. You know, then I tried clarinet. And I was like, this is kind of boring. But then, <laughs> um, as I went into woodwinds, I was like, well, I can do saxophone now. Right. So then I did saxophone into middle school. And then I just. Right. But all that time, guitar was happening. So Of course. I mean, that's yeah. something you can just pick up and noodle anytime you oh, yeah. want. Absolutely. And it's in your room, you can just... And it's so easy just sitting there. You don't have to put all the pieces together. I mean, with the saxophone, you have to put the mouthpiece oh. on. And, yeah. You know. Empty out the spit. Yes. I remember that. Uh, right? In band class. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I... I think that for people who play the guitar, it kind of brings a comfort. It's yeah. something to do with your hands, something to occupy your soul <clears throat> while you're sitting there uh, practicing. And then when did the songwriting come in? <coughs> so the songwriting came in, um, I wasn't, in eighth grade, I was really not comfortable with my voice. So I would do covers and stuff in my room, but I would never let my parents hear I would never want anyone to hear me sing. I was very singing shy. But yeah. I would, I'd play guitar for anyone. I didn't right. feel shy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something about, like, making your, you know, showing your voice is a vulnerable thing. And so right. um, 
I would say that it probably started... No, I know it started actually my freshman year of high school because I I had gone past like learning all these covers and you know I was kind of what kind of covers did you like? Um, in eighth grade I liked a lot of Ed Sheeran. Of course, that's uh, very eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, pretty sure I learned Skinny Love in eighth grade. That was a very eighth grade thing to do. Right. But, um, and just kind of more, like, li- like some Kobe Calais I learned. Okay. And, you know, lighter stuff. Yeah. And I would also practice what my dad had taught me. So I, he taught me James Taylor mm-hmm. and... Um, some harder stuff like we used to, we used to play ACDC on the acoustic <laughs> and they would of course just be the simple chords of it we wouldn't we weren't like shredding right but no. you know so things this, like that yeah, yeah it feels edgy when you're in eighth right. grade and, right. and Johnny Cash oh wow my family loves Johnny Cash mm-hmm. so amazing singer and songwriter yes he was great I was oh, never wow. a big I'm still not really a big country fan. No. I've never gotten into it, but he he's amazing. Yeah, and, and I have June so much Carter Cash. I can see yeah. her influence perhaps in what you do. Yeah, actually a little bit. Mm-hmm. But and we would always watch the Johnny Cash movie. I don't know if you ever saw that. Yeah. Johnny Cash and the Ray Charles movie. Yeah. And I loved those. Mm-hmm. Loved those so much. <sighs> That's what I like is getting the story behind people yeah. and how they do what they do and why they do what they do and yes. how their uh, experiences have influenced them. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, and absolutely. it just, I mean, it makes someone famous a real person. And you see absolutely. the struggles they went through. And, you know, obviously it was a little bit Hollywoodized, right. for lack of better terms. But I think that they did a really good job with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The, uh, I don't know how they did the music, if it was dubbing, if it was, but yeah. it, was, it was good. It, it was, was really, really good. Yeah. And so, you, yeah, so then you were doing all these covers. Then how did you get into the yes. writing songs? So, um, so, yeah, freshman year, I started writing here and there. Um, one of my good friends, uh, Sophia, she and I, she has a great voice. Like, she is classically trained now, and so she does some opera and such but um at the time she just had like a very powerful voice and so I would play and she would sing then I would sing a little bit too because she'd be like come on let's harmonize and um she was in choir that year I didn't do choir but so we would play and um then we both started to try to write things because I would I would write all these chord progressions and then she would say like oh let's write words that'd be kind of cool and um so we would start writing words, and, and so, you know, a lot of times it would be complete garbage, like, just absolute garbage, but <laughs> sometimes it was okay. <laughs> and um, so then I was like, well, this is kind of fun. I'm going to do it on my own, too. Yeah. And so I would um, have this little journal I'd write in, mm-hmm. and it was, I'm very... I'm not the most organized person, so this would <laughs> this journal would have my songs in it, but also have like how the day went. Sure, but it'd be like one day skip a, skip forward four months, no, another day, <laughs> <laughs> not not day by day. So right. it was just a very you know <clears throat> just um, a loose kind of loose journey. journal. <laughs> but um, yeah, and so. Actually, the, my freshman year, I wrote San Francisco, wow, which is yeah. the most, like, 
on my EP is the most listened to, streamed to. I did not think it was going to get the attention that it did, but I'm yeah. happy that it did. It's a nice song. Thank you. Yeah, it's I, a love song. Yeah, I, I actually wrote it, um, I woke up from a dream. I, I woke up from a dream, and it just came to me. And I didn't, I've never been to San Francisco. And so, um, I did a show the other night and I was playing it and, you know, I was trying to explain it and I I just go, you know, by the, by the sound of the song, it's going to sound like I've probably been to San Francisco, but indeed I haven't. So, you know, it's kind of like this joke, but it was very, very vivid and true in my mind yeah. And it just kind of came to me. And then I played it for one of my other friends. Yeah. And she actually had been to California, San Francisco, in fact. And um, it's a pretty loose plot line, but she really <laughs> related to it. So. Nice. Now, so this, in that song, you were talking about somebody who's gone to San Francisco and you miss them. Yes. It, it, now, did you have someone who left? Um. No, not at the time. Not I the I time. really I really I just you, I woke up in it and I was just like I I just felt it and yeah. a lot of my music I don't know what it means when I write it. Yeah. I I do um the subconscious subconscious stream of thought for songwriting processes. I I usually will write chords or yeah. um just feel you know, if like, oh, that sounds good on guitar. Okay, that's cool. Then I'll just sing. And if it, um, random words. And, you know, sometimes it's just so bad. Right. So bad. But sometimes it works. And then you right. take the pieces that do. And I take recordings on my phone. And um, if if it feels right and if I'm like, well, yeah, that, that resonates, then I'm going to. Then you develop it. Then I develop it. Right. But a lot of times, like, um, even now, I listen, I'll listen to um, my EP or something because, you know, I'll just, I'll just be like, well, let's, like, dive into this song again. <laughs> you know, revisit it. <laughs> let's and figure then, out what it means. Yes, and a truth comes out to me, and I'm like, wow, that, that just makes a lot more sense right now than it ever did when I wrote it. Right. So... Well, isn't that interesting? Because I know that there's a lot of songs that mean something to me, and then you try to, you know, find out what the songwriter had in mind. And, yes. And then sometimes they'll just say, "Listen, it's just a song. I don't even know what it means." And I thought, and I always think, <clears throat> "How is that possible?" But I see now, yeah, how that's possible. And I, well, I think that it it's possible because music has this power to evoke these emotions that we might not even consciously realize are going on. Right. And um, I guess this is where the psychology part comes in. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the same thing, exactly. But, um, yeah, and so that's why there's so much power to it. Mm -hmm. And um, as a singer-songwriter, when you, you know, you're just kind of pouring out Maybe your heart, but maybe just something that's stuck in you. Right. An archetype or or, some sort of allegory, some story that's part of the collective consciousness. Exactly. And and then, after the fact, you realize it means way more to you than you even knew. Right. And um, I have... um, written songs with the intent, like I, I know what they're about when I'm writing them too. Right. 
but I tend to lean the other way. Right, right. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty common way to yeah. work, right? And I don't know if you've read too many biographies of musicians, but there are so many musicians who say, I don't know where the music comes from. Yeah. I just, it's basically channeling it. And you know what I do in my, you know, usual life outside the podcast, I'm a working medium, I'm a working psychic, and um, I know this is absolutely true. We're downloading this music, we're channeling it in a yeah. way. We're chan- Whatever we're doing, whether it's poetry, writing, um, when you get into that zone, it just flows, yes. right? And especially yeah. when you're talking about having a dream, and then you wake up, and the music is just there. Yeah, Music, the words, everything fully formed. A lot of people have described that very phenomenon, which is fascinating, because I think that music being um, very mathematical in its background, right? So there is a certain order to music that fits with the, um, you know, with the vibration and the order of the universe. And I'm getting really woo-woo and strung out here, but... Um, that it does speak to us, right? Because the you know music and harmony resonates with the the harmony and the vibration of us. So anyway, that's my, that's my little uh, diatribe right now. But um, so you said that I, I was going. I asked you if you would do a song today. Yes, and I, I really appreciate that because I I love to hear people playing live, um, and I asked, well, what would you what would you play? And you said, well, San Francisco. Of course, you talked about that being right. maybe your most accessible. Your most one of your most popular, but you decided you wanted to um, sing Green. Yes. Why is that? Tell me about Green. Ah, uh, Green. So Green was one of the songs that I I did write kind of subconsciously. Like we were talking about I channeled yeah. it, and it kind of just came to me really quickly. But I knew what it meant. Oh wow! And um, I would say that. There were pieces in all the other... Well, except for San Francisco. But (laughs) pieces in all the other ones, or I didn't know until after the fact, but when I was writing Green, I mean, that honestly, that process, too, was like a 15-minute one, 20-minute, maybe. Wow. Um, At least the... I, no, that's not right. Actually, I'm, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna scratch that. No, <laughs> <laughs> I I the the chords were, but that was, yeah. Never mind. That was not the, because because now that I'm thinking about it, I actually developed it more and more. Um, I was a lifeguard the summer I wrote it, and I would sing on stand. I would have it in my of head. Of course, right. And I would just be like, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. Right, right. Even it's kind so, of downtime. You're you're alert. Oh, and you're vigilant. Yeah. But you're, you're you're looking, but no no one can hear you when you're up in the stand. Absolutely. And you're, you know, thinking, daydreaming to yourself, scanning right. the water, and mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah, and get so, lost in your thoughts. Yeah. So you had some time to work on it. Yes. Right. So that I scratched that, and that was my right. bad. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so many. You know, you've got so many songs; they probably jumble together. Yes. Right. Your processes jumble together. So yeah, you you worked on it over time. And uh, what was your inspiration for this song? So at the beginning of the song, I say this is green. It's a love song, and yeah. um, so it's symbolizes an organic love. And and kind of just this dreamy, innocent love that I think that, like, true, easy love should feel like. Yeah. And um, 
I've definitely been there, and it was definitely about, you know, someone very special to me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't feel like, you know, a lot of and a lot of love songs have the name of someone. In, yeah. In, or, you know, you can kind of tell. Yeah. But, and, and I, I, I wrote it for someone. Right. But I, I didn't want it to be like identifiable or yes, something. Yes. Right. 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 Yes. Right. Right. And and so I tried to evoke this emotion of green and um, this feeling of love and innocent love and pure love, like mm-hmm. through the song. Um, it was originally supposed to be a produced. Like it was going to be produced, and then right. it we actually lost. Um, this is a like a kind of a long story that we can get into later. But we <laughs> we um, the hard drive crashed, so we lost oh. the um, work, and we had done green most like a lot of green, and then but but that was not the intent that I had. It was kind of the silver lining of. Yeah. I want it to be organic. I want it to be acoustic. Because well, it sounds like the universe wanted that, too. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it was, um, I mean, the person that I wrote it and sang it for originally, it was yeah. like this, it was just, hey, this is, this is it. You know, this is. This is what's in my this heart. This is what's in my heart right now, and I know that, and, you know, I don't, um, I don't know what's going to happen, but this is yeah. how I feel, and, um. Did you get to perform it for them? I did, yeah. And I did. Was there a reaction? There was, yeah. <laughs> what you thought it would be? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, okay, it, good. It, it was a. It's a good but complicated story, but yeah, but good reaction. Yes, good. and right, right. and um, yeah, and so I and I kind of identify um, them as love. Yeah. So, and yeah. and of course, there's a lot of little. Um, inside jokes in it that would not really make sense, you know? Right. Unless it was them. Right. And so and it's... get it. But I think that the song also just evokes this feeling of, like, this is, you know, like an, a light, airy love. And... That's wonderful. And it's the, the title of your EP that you have out. Yes. Yeah, so. the title of your EP. So it's a, it looks like it's the last track... But uh, but it's the title of your um, yeah your EP that's available, and we'll I'll put we'll post all the links to iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and all those places wonderful places where you are. Um, we'll post those in the show notes so people can listen to the entire work. Um, and then this not not to digress too much, but this came out just this past fall. Yes, right. Yep. September two thousand eighteen. Yep. Um, well, this actually, so San Francisco, the single came out September, and then the whole okay. EP came out like early October, which doesn't really matter. But right. But last fall, <laughs> last fall, last, last fall. fall, absolutely. Two thousand uh, fall two thousand two thousand eighteen, and the title track green. Now, if I can be honest, I thought that it was going to be something environmental. Yeah. Well, you know, and um. Nature is very important to me. Of course, and green is one of my favorite colors. And I wanted, I wanted to be um, the whole album. I want to be just this organic feeling, and yeah, I think that green really symbolizes growth. 
mm-hmm. really symbolizes growth. And I, and definitely through this love, I have developed growth, and I have, um, I don't know. I just think that that's how love should be. You should grow from it too. You know? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's a very peaceful color. Mm-hmm. And so it's the color of the heart chakra. Yeah, it's a healing color from Archangel Raphael. Yeah, green is the, the color we see all around us. Yeah. It's obviously the color God wanted us to have to make us happy. Yes. And the cover of your EP is even very green. Just this yes. beautiful, lush forest, this pine forest. Uh, did you take the photo? I didn't, actually. Um, actually, the person, the green is about took it. Oh. So, yes. But. Um, Are they still in your life? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. But. Yeah. In a different way? Yeah. In a different way. Yeah. It's it's part of the growth, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely. Relationships are like sharks. They have to keep moving. Yes. Yes. yes, 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 yes. <coughs> well, fantastic. Well, let's hear Green. All right. <clears throat> so this is Green, and it's a love song. <laughs> I've seen before 
this morning and it just really just affected me and music mm-hmm. does that you know um that's gosh it's lovely do you just Thank connect you. with you're welcome do you connect with it the same way each time you play it do you think you know um i do it takes me back to this feeling that i you know innocence yes innocence and this love that's so good and pure but you know yeah there's also that growth, and I think that's, I, I think that's why I named the whole thing green. Because yes, that the root of that sh- of love is this bubbly, airy little cloud of you know light. But there's life gets in a lot of ways, and right, and you there's that growth, it. and yeah. I know because so. so many times people will get stuck. Mm-hmm. in that emotion or they get stuck there I know Edgar Allan Poe not to get too nerdy but he wrote Annabelle Lee about this very innocence innocent love of uh, as a child and uh, she died I don't know if she, he ever got over it again getting very very nerdy but sometimes people just get stuck there yeah. and we've got to have growth yeah. And so then you've got um, also on this EP you've got San Francisco which is <clears throat> you know didn't you didn't intend it to be that way but a love song too. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it and it honestly, I mean, um, you know, I I did imagine like actually San Francisco and the bridge and all this, sure. but you know, it it could. I mean, it doesn't have to be a place. It can be this. It's a metaphor. Metaphor, and yeah, and, right. and it's and it's, um, you know, um. Like leaving something in the past because you need Absolutely. to. And Again, the growth. Yes, Again, growth. 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 Right, right. Um, you know, we've got that old song, I Left My Heart in San Francisco. Yeah. And so there's kind of that archetype there. But yeah, it's about growth. And then you've got <clears throat> Sweet Sequoia. Yeah. What's that? So, so that one was um, <coughs> a really fun one to write. It was. It was, um, it's kind of one of my faster songs. Um, <laughs> just, it just like flowed out? Yeah, c- yeah. kind of, <laughs> painfully, <laughs> um, because I would say stuff and it wouldn't, you know, fit to the rhyme or it wouldn't mm. fit. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, I, um, I wrote it and I wrote it after I actually went to this church service and um, Interesting. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty loosely Christian, but I would say more spiritual rather than right. I I love religion and yeah, and I respect it and I see a lot of truth in a lot of religions, but right. Yeah. Anyway, just too refining for one dollar. Yes. Right. Yes. And and um, and so I'm at this <clears throat> church service and he's he's talking about a sequoia tree and how. A sequoia tree is kind of like um, God or life, and right. um, how you you have your 
you know, these big roots. You have these huge roots and this trunk that's so strong and so powerful. And, um, of course, the sequoia trees are these huge trees, you know, that, like... Oh, yeah. yeah. They're massive. Yeah. You can drive through them. Enormous, right. And, um, to us, that's what life seems like. That's what, in his, um point goes what god should seem like and oh, wow. if you look up the tree yeah. um you don't you can't see the top you don't know where you're going you don't know yeah. what branches are going to you know you can see like a really big branch but maybe it'll fall off in a thunderstorm mm-hmm. or maybe maybe um another branch will grow but you just can't see far enough up the tree that you see it growing and that's um it symbolizes for me friendships in life or people in life that, you know, you have your, your roots, which is, um, it, it can be God. It can be right. yourself. It can be your family. Mm-hmm. Just what's integral and going to be true for a long time. But when to keep going up the tree, you don't know, you know, you might have your best friend who might fall off in a thunderstorm or you might have right. your um you know you keep going up in and college friends or people that you're gonna meet later in life maybe your future spouse mm-hmm. maybe whoever right. is gonna be important to you it's gonna grow later and you also don't know what leaves are there just to fall off right and so that was ultimately what that song was about, and it was supposed to be like, oh, the sweet sequoia is life, and you're always stuck in this, at least I overthink of like, oh, I'm going to lose this person, like, or what am I even doing, like, how am I, why am I getting this relationship, yeah. it's, you know, relationships always end at some point. Should I, should I, should I keep them here, and, you know, and right with friends, like, oh, am I going to, am I putting not enough time to them or too much time into them or like you know and right. I think we kind of all do that and I think we to some extent at least um and maybe maybe some people just don't overthink as much as I do but <laughs> <laughs> but at least that's what I was feeling and um yeah uh, that's well, how I, that song. Yeah. okay cool and then how about broken record so broken record um you know, I had. Do you even remember records? You're kind of <laughs> young. <laughs> I I don't remember them. You know, I, I I think it's it's cool to for vinyls to be vintage. I don't remember when right. they were vintage. So <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah. I, I I come from the era where I actually listen to music on vinyl, and the first time around, yep. and the broken record just gets stuck and keeps yes. replaying the same phrase over and over again. Does that have anything to do with that song? So, um. So I don't know if you've listened to the song. But I haven't yet. I'm so okay. sorry. No worries. No worries. But um, basically, um, the lyrics in one of the choruses, because there's not really a defined chorus, but the chorus instrumental part is um, it goes through the decades. So it's in the 60s, you'd be with me, and in the 70s, like, oh in the disco, and um, 80s, your hair's crazy, and the 90s, you're listening to Radiohead. And, right. and so I had that element of like going through the decades because, so actually I explained this to my friend for the first time because I was, I was realizing it too the other night because he yeah. said, he was like, 
what can you can you explain Broken Record? <laughs> He's like, it's a good song, but what what the heck? Wait, what? <laughs> what is that? And um and so so the it might take a little bit, but um basically my senior year um at at our school um this this um young man passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it's okay. I I I'm sorry for everyone who knew him. I did not know him personally. Right. But there was this energy at school and and it just everyone was, you know, it oh, was yeah. of course. That's of devastating course. I for mean, a school. I mean, that's terrible for a school. Right. And um I remember people on the basketball team had known him really well mm-hmm. and just we would all we all like supported them and but it was just so hard to see them because you have to think like you're not there for the people right who are passing away you're there for the people who are who are remaining yeah absolutely to support them exactly mm-hmm. and so I go home and I'm feeling kind of weird and I'm I'm like I want to write a song because I have this energy from the school but I I don't feel like I knew him, so I don't want to write a, a sad a, song about him. Right? You know about him. But but then I look and I have. Um, so like you said, I, I I don't have a record player. I don't I don't <laughs> you know I don't have all these old vinyls. I wish that I did, and, and I wish that I could say that I listened to vinyls at the t- time they came out, but I do have right. this Eric Clapton in the 70s nice. vinyl, and it was, like, staring at me. It's on my wall, and I was just like, okay, hi, Eric. Like, what are you trying to say to me? <laughs> and um, because I'd written this, this chords, these chords, and I was like, it doesn't feel sad. I don't, I don't, I got this all this dark sad energy but I don't think I should write about something sad and and then I look at and I'm like you know isn't kind of life like a broken record we're we're going through all of these similar things throughout the different decades we all we go through love loss Mm -hmm. yes we go through struggle and right it's as humankind we go through these you know, surfacey trends of oh, we like disco, or oh, our hair's messy. We like Rubik's cubes and the yeah, you know. But there's also hard things going on. And the '60s, it's the civil rights movement, and the and the um, '80s, and I don't know, the Cold War, and right. Um, um, but we as humans are never going to stop supporting each other, and we're never going to stop, you know, going up to the girl on our basketball team who's the one mourning. And you know, all being there, holding her hand, and yeah, um, and we shouldn't, because that's that's human nature, and that's love. That's that's love right there. And yeah, so simple. Yes, and um, so I wrote the song, and it's and it kind of talks about how like we're so engraved in this day and age. It's one of the um, one of the lyrics actually mm-hmm. um, and yeah. always like fighting is like all this struggle but we should just focus on what our human nature is oh I love and, that and you know because everything changed through decades except mm-hmm. for love and except for our, and except for struggles too but right you know there's so, different different types yeah. in the archi- or archetype or archetype themselves mm-hmm. as different 
mm-hmm. different things. So yeah, so yeah. we may go through the same these same cycles and cycles kind of like a broken record, but mm-hmm. it's like there are opportunities for growth, mm-hmm. opportunities to move forward, opportunities mm-hmm. to love, mm-hmm. show compassion. Mm-hmm. Good, and, and then it kind of came across as like a a, <coughs> a more love song, but it was. It, it was not really intended to be as romantic love as it sounds. Right. But that kind of gets the point across more. It, if it's romantic, sometimes. People can kind of latch onto that. Right, right. But it's um, but it's broader. More, yes, it's, 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 it's intended to be a lot broader. Oh, that's so. wonderful. I know that, it, yeah, any loss of a student in high school is, is just devastating because that's mm-hmm. often the first glimpse that these students have of losing someone who's actually a peer. Yeah. And that's, that could be rough. All right, then the song Tides. So Tides is, it, was, it actually used to be called um, Frozen. And we x that. We were <laughs> Thank like, you. We do not want to be you. here in this let it go, like... <laughs> Great movie, love it and all, but I do not want to get this backlash. No. Well, and when somebody Googles it, you don't want Disney oh my to come gosh, up, right? right? Yeah. Okay, so, so Tides. <laughs> so Tides. So I actually wrote it sophomore year, Stream of Conscious again. Yeah. Um, love it. And I and I wrote the basis of it, and so I made it very like guitar heavy. So there's a um, not guitar heavy actually, but just. It's a there's a big finger picking pattern in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, it's more complex on guitar than the other ones, I would say, and um, it's 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 kind of this like struggle song. It's it's it was intended to first be like yeah, um, I don't know if you've listened to it either, but. It's sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. It's a okay. little bit, but it's been a I, few weeks. It's okay. It's it's um, it's basically like I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I even should go. Yeah. This feeling that a lot of people feel, especially I think my age group, but in any age group, oh of gosh, like, what's yeah. the purpose? What are we doing? And right, you know, and we get so stuck in our heads and. It's kind of a sadder song. It's supposed to be slower. Yeah. Um, and so I had originally wrote it to be like, can I, can I just be frozen? Can I just stop? Can I just stay can here just, in this mode? Yeah. And it was actually heavily inspired by Stop This Train by John oh, Mayer. yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I don't think maybe consciously, but right. after, then I was like, whoa, that's kind of, because I really liked that song the time I was writing it. Yeah. And then after the fact, I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it's about, like, can we just stop? Can we can we take a minute to not be on this fast pace of everything? Like, for, in my case, like, college apps and, and you know, needing to be so good at everything and, and this, uh, I, I, as a psych major, I see all of this, um, you know, anxiety and depression. Sure. And, and I'm, that's just honestly kind of normalized, which is not... It a, is. And it's, and it's, it's very common. And it really is. I think in... I think it's an epidemic it is young people. It is. And, and I mean, I don't even have to be a psych major to know that. No, absolutely. You and just have to be aware. Yeah. 
Yeah, seriously. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that song's about this kind of uh, anxiety and angst of, like, yeah. I wish things didn't go so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And it kind of also touches on... Um, suicidal thoughts and oh not it's not kind of dark yeah yeah it's kind of dark it's it's not not in the extent that um is very very clear mm-hmm. but uh if you know the full story of um things i've been through things also influenced by my friends sure um because it was originally supposed to just be like a Oh, struggling song, and we mm-hmm. changed it. Actually, my producer was like, "Rewrite the chorus." Like, I think you should rewrite the chorus really? from a second-hand point of view. So the verse is like, "This girl or this wh- whoever right person <laughs> person is struggling," you know, feeling mm-hmm. that, which I've been through. My friends have been through too. Sure. Then flip the switch when the guitar changes when the chorus comes. Mm-hmm. Um. The lyrics are like, don't waste your time and try to remember um, when the lights were still on and everything was simple. Yeah. It's like, don't let the tides take you too far from shore. So just, no. I'm here. Like, yeah. And it was, it's kind of, um, we actually changed like the sound even. Yeah. We mixed it so it would be like this sound and then when it changes it just goes to this sound. Lovely. And yeah, so that's and so it's the a conversation. It's a conversation. Oh, I like that. And it and it was a conversation between me and myself, but it was a conversation between me and my friend, or my friend and is you know it goes any way, absolutely every way, and to anyone who's who's having like, a hard time, yeah. like that. Oh, like you, yeah. Like I'm empathizing with you right there, and know what you feel, yeah. But also see the other side, right? Absolutely. So, well, that sounds very, I mean, just like full of growth, full of yeah, potential, et cetera, exactly. et cetera. So um, you had obviously had a producer. Was that here in Kansas City? Yeah, so that was here in Kansas City. So actually, um, I did the, I produced the whole um, EP because of a scholarship. So I did it all for free. Fantastic. Yes. So um, the Depot Academy is my recording studio for it. Um, I, one of the teachers at um, my high school actually was a rapper. And he and his producer buddy, Conductor Williams, is his name, <laughs> which is like his, he's very, he's more rap-based, beats-based, sure. and so, you know, um, but he's a great guy. I love him so yeah. much. He's, yeah. I mean, he's taught me just so much, and I'm so grateful for him. But, um, so they, they, they started this the Depot Academy, mm-hmm. which is a nonprofit organization that helps um, students mm-hmm. or really just kind of kids. Yeah. They're trying to get to the inner city, but they it was their first year doing it, so right. it was kind of just anyone in Kansas City. Pilot, right. And Mr. Moo, which is the teacher who raps. Yes. Yes. He's you know? written it. Yeah. Okay. Think, doesn't he? Oh, no, okay. I'm thinking of Dr. Moo. Never mind. Do- who wrote the oh. book Snippets. And yeah, I'm not he's quite a chiropractor. sure. Okay. Totally different. Guy. Totally different. But I'm sure he's great too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so he told me to apply for the scholarship. So all I had to do was write this essay. And so I wrote Fantastic. about what music has meant to me in the sure. past and kind of a little bit what we touched on mm-hmm. the whole dad drum story, James Taylor sort of thing. And I sent in a video and. Um, 
me and this other girl won the, mm-hmm. the scholarship, and I don't know if she's actually released her work yet. Is she also based but in Kansas City? She's based in Kansas City. Okay, she's so a UMKC for, student. Okay, so um, this is for Kansas City Yes, folks? for Kansas okay. City folks. Um, so, yeah, um, the Depot Academy basically gave me the opportunity to work with Conductor Williams, wow. which is a producer, for right. free. Um, and then also I worked with a songwriter. So I would write nice. in my room, and I had all these things written, but he would, we would go and have sessions, and he would... He honestly was the one who helped me realize what my songs were about. That's fantastic. And, like, more so. And he helped right. me with a lot of, like, emotional work in my songs and, like, yeah. really dissecting them and ev- what every single little word means and mm-hmm. not just, like, oh, yeah, this sounds good, which, you know. Right. And he would say, oh, um make little changes like let's change this A minor to an A sus and see how that sounds and he wouldn't do it in like a you need to change it to this he would right. say let's see how it sounds let's let's right. test that and so he still like let it. you have the ownership I had con- creative control yeah but he I mean he he was amazing amazing right. yeah and I find with so many people who um, are gaining success who have success it's always somebody who's yeah. there yeah, kind of guides them and mentors them. Yeah. Right. Because I would say both of them did that. Fantastic. Both of them did that in different ways. I learned so much about the actual production of music, mixing. Yes. And so you went work. to a recording studio here in town. So, yes. So his, so Conductor Williams' <clears throat> recording studio, because he's recorded other artists. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, mostly a rap genre. Mostly yeah. hip hop rap genre, mm-hmm. um, so so I think it was kind of interesting for both of us working. Exactly, together. it was kind of fresh a, for him, right? In a, in a little um, way, but you know, I also think that it added this cool element because um, Broken Record has these kind of harder beats, which mm-hmm. and I don't um, more like drum beats that we you know, technologically produced within my guitar lines, and it was just this cool, like, process of wow, and I don't know. It was just, it was fun. I Um, love that you got to have that experience. Me too. That is so formative. I mean, I seriously am a better person from it, and I... I'm I'm going to support the Depot Academy any way I can. Um, yeah, um, send me a link. We'll put the link in the yeah, show notes. I yeah. think that's a great uh, yeah. thing to let other people know about. Uh, somebody who also might be an aspiring singer-songwriter. Yes. Performer. Um, we all need this help out to do that. Yeah, it's not easy to do on your own. And oh, my goodness, no. You can't, I mean. No, you really, especially when you're young and you don't, really have that much experience with you you know the singing you know the the guitar you know uh the way that you approach songs but to have someone take you by hand by the hand and lead you through it professionally i think that's a wonderful experience um so what's what's next for you so i have been writing i've been writing a lot Mm -hmm. um and you know i i think that if i um Conductor Williams said I could still use his studio, but it's not, you know, it's not going to all it's be not free. free, right. Which, grant, I, right. like, it shouldn't be, you know? Right, I mean? absolutely. Um, and he's a really busy guy. I mean, he has two, like, 
young children now and Mm -hmm. such. So um, I hope to, you know, record some more stuff with him and um, try to put out more stuff because I've been writing a lot. But um, there's also people in Lawrence that I've been in contact with. Lawrence, Kansas. Lawrence, Kansas, yes. Where KU is. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a really fun, vibrant college town. Yep. A lot of music. Yep, a lot of music, kind of just a wholesome feel. Um, So possibly doing some recording there. I've been going to open mic nights here, like, whatever I can. And, um, you know, I, I, I never really thought that it was going to be a career that I would pursue. I mean, I I didn't even know I was going to produce an album until... Until you did. Senior year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, until I did. And um, So it's weird for me now. Of course. You've like, got this work out there. Yes. And are you publicizing at all? Are you yeah. doing tours uh, yeah, or on, anything? Um, not tours or anything, no. I yeah. um, think I would probably lose a lot of <laughs> money from that. I don't have <coughs> enough... Um, Material yet, and, right? Um, but I'm I'm putting myself out there on Instagram, and I'm trying to um, just just kind of still build up myself before I like completely, you know, just go bust and, out. Yeah, right, right. Because I I want to have some more ammo in my, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some more ammo some in your arsenal. Um, right. So you're working on some new stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And I actually. Um, me and this, me and my my best friend in college now. We, um, he, so his name's Luke. He lives on my floor in my dorms, and we started this band. Oh, of course. So now I'm teaching myself drums because we bought a drum set. <laughs> yes. So full circle. Full circle. Uh, slowly but surely, learning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, so we're gonna probably play some shows. Our band name is called Shower Caddy. Just me and him. <laughs> And nice. <laughs> our slogan is kind of a meme, kind of a dream, kind of a rock band. Nice. So <laughs> who knows where that will go. I, I hope that it it does go somewhere. But um, I like to still create my own music, but yeah. it'd be great to record. I mean, he's a he's a wonderful musician, one of very one of the most talented people. I mean, I've met as a musician. Yeah, that. I think he sells himself short, but he sure. amazes me. And um, well, you learn so much, I think, by collaborating with people too. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Know? And he's comes kind of comes from this more uh, grunge DIY rock, and I'm a, you know very soft rock, yeah, um, alternative, alternative kind of chick on a stool yes, type of thing. Yes, yes, yeah. and. So I think we challenge each other, but I think that could be really cool. So we'll, that could be really cool. I don't want to put any pressure behind it, no. but I want to see where it fun. goes. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Um, so, of course, your music is on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere you can find music, we're going to find Caroline Bluebaugh. Yeah. And you're going to have a website coming out soon. Not yes. quite sure when. Not quite sure when. By Hopefully. the time this airs, it may be out. If so, I'll put that in the show notes as well. And uh, as well as links to all your all your music where you, we can find you. And the, the EP, I've listened to the two songs, like I said, and it is really gorgeously produced. Thank you. Very nice, very professional, very just a gorgeous album or a gorgeous EP. So I hope everybody can go and listen to it. Um, 
before we sign off, I just have to give a shout out to the doodads. Yes, we doodads. One of your earliest influences. Yes. So it's a Kansas City kids band made up of musicians who had been in Kansas City bands the 80s and 90s, just legends uh, in their own rights. Um, my daughter was obsessed with them when she was three. Yes. As you were, yes, too. Yes, yes. So. I... Love we discovered our dad's big groupie, yes. Huge groupie, absolutely. Yes. The Bubble Machines and the Dinosaur yes. Songs are the best. Zoo CD. Yes. The, yes. Oh, fantastic. Well, um, it's been an absolute joy to Thank have you, you here on Radiate Harmony. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's been great being here, too. So. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.